It is Garrett Anderson. I don't need the metronome on. For Sunday, August 5th. Live at ya. Sunday morning. The house is quiet. I already made and ate myself a little egg sandwich on some bagel. Egg and ketchup and cheese. Cheddar cheese. Sharp cheddar. um, On a bagel is usually my go-to. This morning I tried to mix it up and put a little avocado on there. And, uh... I didn't love the avocado on there. I, I like avocado on most everything, but I don't know. It, it kind of, there's a beautiful simplicity to a good, just eggy, cheesy sandwich on a bagel. And uh, I think I, I, the avocado made it a little too hipstery or something. It's like attack of the avocado toast on my delicious egg bagel sandwich. Anyway, a couple quick announcements. Um, my wife... And I were invited to uh, help coordinate and and perform a reading of a uh, play called Adopt a Sailor by our family friend, uh, Charles Everett, who I know as Chuck from being uh, friendly with with him uh, through my mom's side of the family. He was good buddies with uh, my uncle Kevin, who was one of the most charismatic, uh, fun-loving people you would ever know. Um, he passed away a few years ago, um, left us too soon, and left a big gaping hole in uh, in the family get-togethers that we're all trying our best to sort of make up for. But uh, anyway, him and my Uncle Kevin and, and Chuck were good friends growing up in New Jersey. And this guy, Chuck, is really cool. He's, he's created a life for himself in the creative arts. He has written plays. He's been a professor. Um, uh, for writing, I think at Princeton, maybe. And, uh, you know, bumps elbows with Hollywood people. If you're into name dropping, I, I know that he's kind of buddies with uh, Liv Shriver. Lev, Liv, Liv Shriver. I, I don't know how to say that guy's name. And uh, Luke Perry, um, among many, many others. I think B.B. Newworth is, is friendly with him and has performed in some of his plays. So like just he's he's a grinder, a hustler. It's funny when I uh, was talking to him last time he got to visit, he's just kind of put it bluntly. He was like, you know, I'm a really big guy. He's like six, four, six, you know, he's like two, two hundred and fifteen pounds, probably, Um, you know, like as big or bigger than me. Um, And uh, he was like, I was just too too big for a day job. I couldn't sit at a desk my whole life. And uh, writing was his catharsis for you know whatever trouble was happening with his family and and with his life growing up and he just dedicated his life to it you know he's he's, all right this is what i'm going to do i'm going to figure this out write some plays and just channel some creativity and and uh into art so obviously i really respect that and i think it's super cool so he is um you know at a point in his career where he's 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 wanting to give back and he's founded what he calls the Charles J. Everett House, named for his father, who is a military veteran. And the house is in the Joshua Tree National Forest uh, High Desert Cultural Arts Community. Um, it's a, and, and the house is a residency 
for veterans or uh, you know journalists that work in combat zones to have a place to um, work on their craft, uh, their their art after serving or in between uh, deployments or you know when they come home uh, to have a quiet place where they don't have to pay for lodging, they don't have to worry about cooking their meals. Uh, they've just got everything they need. A simple life, you know, nothing too extravagant, but um, you know their basic needs are met so that they can work on their art for a month at a time or two months at a time. And um, it's, it's a philanthropic uh, so, sort of endeavor, you know, a nonprofit. Um, and the, the way that they support themselves is through fundraising. So um, Chuck is reading, is, is, you know, staging these readings of his play, Adopt a Sailor, in all 50 states. Uh, <laughs> I can't talk this morning. All 50 states, which is a pretty cool, ambitious little project in and of itself. This is to gain exposure and, and fundraise for the project. And, uh, you know, he knew that I was out in Arizona, so he reached out to me and said, hey, you know, you, you might be perfect for this. Do you know, you know a place we might be able to do this, uh, somebody's family room or, you know, a local coffee shop or something? And, and I immediately thought of that venue that, that I've performed at and talked about on the podcast, The Listening Room in Phoenix. And I, you know, established a little bit of a relationship with their owner. So I said, hey, Jim, you know, we've got this, this guy coming through town and he wants to do a reading of his play. Can we, can we make that happen? And, uh, fortunately Jim, you know, has the space available. So Sunday, August 19th, um, 3 PM at the listening room, Phoenix, we're going to do a, a staged reading of adopt a sailor. And I think I'm going to be, uh, um, there's a, there's a husband character, a wife character, uh, that'll be played by me and my wife, which should be fun. And then, uh, a sailor character. Um, and I think, I think an, another local musician is going to be the sailor. Um, but, uh, we'll, we'll see if, if he can confirm. So I'm not going to name drop anything right now. So we got to firm, <clears throat> firm up and finalize the cast and it should be really interesting. It should be a fun time. It's a good play. I read through it the other day to get a feel for it and I'm excited to be part of it. And yeah, so mark your calendars. If you're into, uh, the arts or supporting, um, you know, veterans that, that, that want to pursue some artistic endeavors um come on out check out a cool play we'll do a little q a with chuck after the reading and um yeah it should be a really cool time so i'm excited about that the other uh, announcement here is i've booked the second fridays in september october and november at amped coffee up in anthem arizona that's north phoenix and because i had such a good time playing there last friday two Fridays ago. I think it was two Fridays ago now, maybe. Maybe it was last Friday. But um, yeah, this place is a legit venue. And and by legit venue, the distinction that I make as a, as a you know, semi-professional musician, somebody who, who does occasionally go play and get paid to play, uh, this place actually has a soundboard and speakers and monitors and they they have a you know sound guy one of their employees it's actually the son of the owner was running sound for me that night and uh that sort of hospitality goes a long way and it makes them a legit venue you know they're not just a bar that has music where you're expected to lug in your speakers and your mixer and all that extra stuff this place was you know from the ground up you know it's only been open for a month or so um you know had performing arts in mind 
Um, they were actually my, my second um, my second choice. If um, the listening room couldn't have hosted this adopt a sailor thing, I was going to reach out to these guys because <clears throat> they have a stage area. They've got you know their their own microphones and things that, that they could probably provide. So it was super easy for me. You know, I'm used to having to lug a car full of gear um, for most of my gigs. <clears throat> but um, sorry, I got a little <clears throat> a little flummy there. <clears throat> sorry, that's gross. Um, uh, so it was really nice for me to just have to bring my guitar and my pedals and a couple cables, my harmonicas, um, my harmonica in the key of G actually broke between the last gig and this gig. I, I went to go play it uh, while I was rehearsing some tunes and it, it just had this horrible squeal to it. Um, harmonicas, I guess they have like a bunch of different kind of wooden sections. Like maybe I, th I think it's similar to like a reed of a saxophone. Um, that dot, divide up the harmonica into different pitches. I, I really don't know what the insides of the harmonica look like, but that's kind of what I imagine. And I think if, if one of those gets cracked or bent or bro broken or falls out, it uh, it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> you can't play those notes on the harmonica. I could still play the low notes and the high notes, but it broke like right in sort of the sweet spot of, of the harmonica right in the middle. So I got to get myself a new one of those. Um, in the key of G, in the key of Garrett. That's good for uh, the ranch song. That's where I love playing some harmonica. Um, I still played the ranch song, and I just, instead of playing harmonica notes, I was just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, just a little vocals, uh, vocal jam in the spot where the harmonica was supposed to be. Um, but yeah, so Amped Coffee is going to have me back the second Fridays um, through November. We're going to see if we can generate just sort of a little bit of a, um, you know, a little bit of a community around, uh, those second Fridays and get some people through the door, have some fun. Um, the gig that I played was super fun. It had been about two months since I had played out and I was getting the itch, you know, it's like starting to feel a little rusty, you know, spent some time to rehearse and brush up on which songs I was going to play. And, uh, just really had a good time. There's the hospitality of having the sound guy. And I knew, you know, could kind of trust that it was sounding good in the room and it sounded good to me on the stage. Um, I used both my acoustic guitar, the uh, Yamaha acoustic electric, as well as my Godin through the pedals to kind of give the show a little bit more dynamics. You know, I would pull out the acoustic, play a couple tunes, then switch guitars over to the pedal board guitar and do a little bit more jammy stuff. You know, uh, get get the loops going, play some lead over top of myself. I remember having a really good time playing lead guitar to um, uh, Ramblin' Man. Lord, I was born a Ramblin' Man, yeah. Trying to make a living and doing the best I can. Um, so yeah, at the end, it's like... And I was just, I got into the trance, you know, that lead guitar trance where I was just rocking back and forth, you know, kind of one foot in front of the other and uh, just grooving. You know, I, I got my little loop going on from, uh, you know, G, G to F, I think is the, the, the chords there at the, the end of the tune. So you got this really wide open kind of just really cool jammy, jammy spot. And I was just loving life, loving life. Had the effects dialed in just right so that it was starting to feed back just a little bit if I let, let a note hang out. Um, and uh, it was really cool. The, um, and the acoustic sets were good for playing some Dave Matthews tunes, which um, uh, a buddy, a new, a new fan friend, 
uh, reached out to me ahead of the show and was like, Hey man, I remember seeing you over at, at the, the wine bar and you were doing some Dave Matthews covers. Like, you know, we're coming out and if you could work in a couple Dave tunes, that'd be great. I was like, hell yeah, cool. This is, this is what it feels like to kind of build a, a little bit of a crowd. And, um, I was happy to accommodate, um, it was funny towards the end of the gig and so somewhere in the second set I had worked in a couple a couple Dave tunes and um, there was a, a, a group of people that was sitting in a table um, to you know to the right side of so I was looking out from the stage and they were off to my right and um, and they, they were a little bit older and they were like hey you know play, play some play some Marley play some you know play play some country tunes or some classic rock tunes or whatever they were like play play the stuff for the old folks because, uh, you know, I, I try to work in a little bit of something for everybody. And um, and they were like, enough of that Dave Matthews crap. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. It made me feel really awkward because this guy was, he, he was like, hey, you know, I, I got to get, this was late in the night. You know, he had probably been there for two two hours already. It was a three-hour gig. And um, he was like, hey, I got I to gotta hit the road soon. Could you play Granny? And I was like, sure. It's a Dave Matthews song, kind of a deeper cut. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, so I got, I got the sense that this table of people that was sitting in front of me, that they were nice people enjoying the show and they were good. They were good listeners. Like one of the guys, whenever I was playing some bluesy lead guitar was like, yeah, Garrett, get it, Garrett. (laughs) And it was really cool. Like I was, it was making me laugh and, um, it was encouraging, you know, he was like, yeah, rock it out. Um, I played stir it up by Bob Marley for them. And it had been a while since I'd sung that song. And um, at first I was like, stir it up. And I was like, wait, that doesn't sound right. Is it, it's steer it up, right? Steer versus stir. And I had a good laugh with the crowd. I was like, wait, is it stir or steer? I'm not really Jamaican. So I feel like I should say stir it up. And, um, you know, got got kind of a chuckle um, from that. And, uh, you know, played a little lead guitar on that one. He's like, yeah, Garrett, get it. Get it, Garrett. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure everybody, you know, meant well, but there was this funny little tension that was really the, the only moment in the night that I felt like, you know, my butt cheeks were starting to clench up and I was getting a little more sweaty than usual, you know, just kind of that anxious body reaction to this potential tension. And I, I don't really know if, if these groups of people knew that they were like sort of warring over the, uh, the song requests you know, this guy's like, hey, I got to go play play that last Dave Matthews tune. And then this table over here is like, no more Dave Matthews. Play some, you know, Johnny Cash. So I'm like, oh, shit. Like, how do I how do I navigate these waters here? It got a little choppy here all of a sudden. So I was like, shit, I, you know, this guy's not going to leave until I play Granny. I don't want him to feel like I'm just dragging him along by playing, you know, three, four, five, six uh, other songs without playing Granny. He knows that I heard him because I gave him the little head nod and it was like, yeah, we'll do that. And, uh, you know, I really appreciated that he reached out ahead of time and, you know, brought a couple people out to the show. So I wanted to make sure I was putting on a good show for him. Um, but, but then these people over here said they were tired of hearing Dave Matthews songs. And then I kind of... I kind of put two and two together. I was like, all right, here's what we'll do. And th- this is all going on in my mind while I'm finishing singing another song. You know, it's like, this isn't just downtime when I'm deliberating in between songs, figuring out what I'm going to play. Although that could have been funny if I was like, all right, you want this and you want that. You guys should, you know, d- duke it out. We'll figure it out. You know, it's just take it out back and whoever comes in less bloody, we'll, we'll play that song for them. Um... <laughs> Duke it out. Duke it out for the next request. Um, 
So I was like finishing whatever song I was playing. I don't know. Uh, Franklin's Tower or something. I was you know, jamming away on something. And and I'm like, okay, shit. So this goes, uh, here's what I'll do. Okay, so I wrapped up that song and I was like, all right, I'll play um, a Johnny Cash tune real quick. Uh, Folsom Prism Blues, right? So I play that real quick. And I was like, all right, that'll appease these people real quick. Real quick song. It's kind of nice bluesy back and forth. Got some people clapping. This woman could not clap at all. <laughs> she was so offbeat. But uh, it was great that she was trying. And uh, uh, so I wrapped that up. And then I immediately go into Granny. And I was like, okay, there we go. I gave them something that they know, that they sung along to. They had a good time. This this table clapped a bunch. They enjoyed that. And now I'll squeeze in Granny for this guy and, and let him get out. So, uh, so this is cool. Um, that was a fun little moment. And then also I was playing... Um, good loving and uh, a, a guy and his his wife or girlfriend got up and, and danced a little bit you know kind of classy dancing where the guy's got his hand out and she's holding his hand and and he's got his other hand on the on the you know back of her uh you know lo- lower back and they're dancing like actual dancing not not the kind of dancing that me and my friends did in high school where we just grinded up on each other this was like classy dancing um by the way, this is the second time I've had to record this podcast. I tried to do it last week, but I accidentally um, didn't have the M audio preamp wasn't connected to my audio software for whatever reason. So the audio was completely unusable because it was just trying to capture my voice through the computer speakers, which were really far away or the, you know, the built-in computer microphone and the metronome was on. So I talked to myself for the podcast for, you know, whatever, 40 minutes. Um, But the whole thing sounded really far away and with a beat going on the whole time. So it would have sounded like this the whole damn time. And I was so frustrated with myself. I was like, how did I do that? I know better than that. Um, Silly mistake, but hopefully I learned my lesson. Now Now I'm paranoid that I'm not doing this right, but I think this should be okay. I tested the microphone before I got started. Um, if this one still sounds like this the whole fucking time, then this podcast is just not meant to be, and, and we'll just move on. Uh, never try to tell these stories again. Um, but, um, yeah, so really good time at Amped. Really fun to get get back out and play and kind of, you know, just put on a good show. Um, friends in low places got a, got a really good reaction People love hearing that song. And I just kind of had a good flow of doing like, you know, two for you, one for me kind of vibe. I was working in a lot of originals, you know, worked in those Dave Matthews tunes that, you know, that one guy wanted to hear, but obviously not everybody wanted to hear. But, uh, you know, it mixed it in with with enough uh, other stuff and kind of trying to make sure I was playing something for everybody, including myself. Because, um, you know, I don't want to just be up there like, you know, whoring myself out. Um, I, <laughs> you know, I don't think it's, it's good for anybody to, to just regurgitate the culture. Um, you know, obviously there's something to be said about hearing a song that you like and that you're familiar with. And also I think it helps people gauge whether or not you're actually talented. If you're only playing your original songs, people might be like, okay, I think this is good, but like, I have no idea what to expect next. And unless it's like a really catchy hook, um, that comes around a few times, 
you know you're 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 not going to know the song you're not going to know if it's if if it's being performed well so i think it's kind of clever to work in a cover early enough and and often enough that as people come and go they're like oh man like did you hear that guy play uh, stuck in the middle with you that was fun yeah, you know i know that song he did a really good job you know that guy's talented um that one was fun to play i just remembered that i played that but uh you know i'm not i'm i'm not one of those guys that's like you know if, if, tip me five dollars and i'll play anything you want you know that's that's kind of what gives me some peace and and makes me feel like i'm not such a whore um <laughs> sell it, selling my body uh and performing for you for you fine people no i think the thing the thing that i've stumbled into feels a lot better than that um sometimes if people get a little a little too uh a little too yelly you know they've had a few too many beers and and they're like play some johnny cash uh you're like whoa i am not your monkey you know so like have a little have a little courtesy here like i i like to engage with the with the audience and i like to fulfill as many requests as i can but uh you know sometimes i'm not going to know the song that you requested or or maybe uh maybe i already played it you know earlier in the night i'm like ah oh, sorry i can't do that one you know what else do you like try to do something else but um yeah some people are like the the way they the way they shout <laughs> the way they shout at me sometimes i'm like do do i need to remind you that i am not for sale i guess i am a little bit you know it's nice when people throw in a couple bucks after you fulfill their request but you know what makes me makes me feel okay about the way i do it is it's not like piano bar style i don't know if you've been to any of these piano bars but i cannot stand the shtick where they they'll have like a competition over like who who will who will tip the most to change the song I don't know if you've seen this, but I've only been to a piano bar maybe twice, and I've seen this uh, before, where they'll start playing something. You know, he'll he'll be like, "All right, here's here's the deal. I'm gonna play. Uh, I will walk 500 miles, and I and I'm gonna keep playing that until somebody pitches in five bucks to request one of these other songs. And you know, they've got a song list of uh, 10,000 songs because they're you know super accomplished." You know, piano players and and singers and they can play pretty much anything which to their credit is is quite quite impressive but so they i will walk five who's who's gonna pitch in i will walk. and then somebody goes at some girl here here's five dollars play hit me baby one more day. hit me baby one more time oh baby baby and then he's like all right who's gonna pay ten dollars to get us to stop playing this song oh baby baby how was i supposed and then somebody runs up there with a you know ten dollars and they're like play uh rocket man by elton johnny he's like Rocket man burning out your fuel out have alone and then you know all of a sudden he's getting like 20 bucks to change the next song is 25 bucks to it. and like i'm like man what what is this shtick i mean hats off to them they figured out a way to to you know fill up their tip jar really well but i just like as an audience member sitting through that i felt like i was being held hostage you know, he's like, this is the song that never ends. It just goes on and on, my friend. He's like, I will annoy you until you pay me 
to change the song that I'm singing. And then by the way, if you just pitched in 10 bucks, but then the next guy comes over here, you know, we've barely gotten through. She packed my bags last night, pre-flight. And then somebody comes over and there's like 20 bucks for Chumbawamba. I get knocked down, but I get up again. We're never going to get me down. You know, it's like, fuck, I wanted to hear Rocket Man. I just paid 15 bucks to hear Rocket Man. And I heard the first half of a verse. You know, those, those guys... That that feels like a money grab, you know. Those guys are that that those guys are whores, if you ask me. They're like a mix between being a whore and a terrorist, <laughs> a hostage situation. Um, so what I do feels feels way cooler than that, and uh, you know, just trying to earn a couple bucks and put on a good show. You know, do do two for you, one for me, and well, everybody goes home. Uh, happy and hopefully wanting more wrapped up the show at amped coffee with uh, silver chairs tomorrow and then i realized what time it was i only had like six minutes left i was like all right let's play what a wonderful world so that was fun to wrap up the show with kind of a 90s alternative rock rock you know fun song to sing out and belt and then uh little louis armstrong oh yeah um yeah so i'm really excited to get up there and play second fridays easy gig just bring up my stuff get all hooked up put on a show and uh do something kind of regular so we can promote it uh, as a regular thing second fridays it's got a ring to it you know so that'll keep me busy and i'll keep working on studio stuff with john and jc3 tracks are coming together i've got uh four and a half five songs from some demos that i made that I'm going to actually mix and master and release as a uh, little indie project. Um, not sure what the details around that are going to be, but the tunes are coming together nicely. And yeah, so it's it's cool. I'm in a phase where I've got a good little bulk of content, good little batch of stuff to share. And then kind of once all that gets cleared out, I can really focus on whatever's next. And yeah. That's the beauty of the journey, man. It just keeps keeps going. Just keep trying to get better and connect with people and, you know, find a place where it's like I'm sort of serving the greater good, but also getting to fulfill my own artistic uh, endeavors. So, uh, so, yeah, that should be good for now. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and uh, we'll uh, check in on you later. Um, yeah, I guess that's it for now. Cheers. Oh, man, I really hope it doesn't sound like, hey, Macarena, aye! And the world cracks open, making room to believe your spirit.